Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this emergency briefing of blah, blah, blah. I'm Jason Stalakis. I'm here at the Off the Monster crew. Uh, Jeff, Jeremy, and Derek. Derek has been on for a, lo- a lot of episodes now. You're, you know him. But, fellas, how are we feeling now that uh, Sir Lucas Giolito is now a Boston Red Sox? I've never had He's gelato, but I, do, I would like to try gelato. It's a creamier ice cream. You know, it's it's sounds it's a like a coffee crazy. at Starbucks. No, it's right. an Italian. Uh, I always say it was like an Italian espresso, but well, like, I feel like, like it is. Six. It is a dessert. I just hope it's Although every word um, that has more than six letters sounds like a coffee at Starbucks. So it's fine. Right. Well, I just hope his fastballs aren't serving up dessert all summer <laughs> long next year. Right. There, right. there you go. Slap an Italian name on something, it immediately comes better. So you know, it's just how it is anyways because uh, it's think- friday and mr lucas kluber and i are definitely not serious taking this signing serious we're going to lean on john henry's trust fund to uh, push us in the right direction as far as any any viable stats that uh giolito can make us feel bring. better yeah make exactly. us feel better about this signing he's yeah, got well, too much of a yeah. no, there's I way do, too no, much I of a do, no there. No, I no, no, no. I, I got oh, some stuff. Oh, man. Though. No, I did. Yeah, this, I, we had to leave is, it a little bit. Make, make you guys this wonder. This is as awkward as a Verdugo interview. <laughs> maybe if he had an Italian name, maybe he actually wouldn't be terrible. They, hey. Verdugo. <laughs> Dave O'Brien. Giolito. Um, <laughs> the thing with Giolito, uh, let's start with Giolito on this, right? Let's start, let's start here with Giolito, right? If you can get the 2019 to 2021 version of Giolito back, which I'm assuming the Red Sox believe they can, you have a middle of the rotation arm. And Giolito, 2019, um, 29th start, 176 innings, 341 ERA, 343 FIP, a 5.2 F4. Uh, 2020, uh, 72 in a third innings and 12 starts. Um 348 ERA, 319 FIP, a 2 uh, F4, 2.0 F4. Um, obviously, the 2020 stats dipped a little bit just because they only, you know, shortened season, duh, obviously. Um, and then 2021, 31 starts, 178 innings, uh, oh, 178 and two-thirds innings, a 353 ERA, 379 FIP, and a 4.1 war, uh, F4, that is. If you can get those three years of G Lito, bring those back, um, you're looking at someone who's very solid, and you look at his um, – you even further advanced statistics. A lot of people like you, Sierra, as well as FIP, 357, 351, uh, 372 across those years. Um, even in 2022, 379 Sierra, which is solid. It's just this past year, uh, it bumped up to 421. But if you just take his time in Chicago, it was 410, which isn't – you know, it's not great, but like – it's not terrible. I think in Chicago, when you look at his year in Chicago before he went to the Angels in Cleveland, uh, 21 starts, 121 innings, a 379 ERA. The 443 FIP is a little bit high, but I think if you look at Giolito for what he is and mid rotation to back end, which is, I think, where he fits in, because I think everyone's envisioning next year Sale and Bayo or some sort of like the middle and it's like the two and three. So if you're slotting Giolito in as a four in your mind, if that's how you think about it, I think you can look at the sign and go, okay, makes makes some sense. 
But if you're looking at Salem Bayo as a three-four and you're slotting Gilito in the two spot, then that's where you then that's where the sign does not look good at all. Uh, and if you don't think the White Sox are going to get a big name starter, then the G any uh, and Jason and I talked about this last night. Uh, it doesn't matter who you sign if you don't go and get a top end starter, whether it's free agent or trade. Any other starter you sign, the move is not going to look that good because not only are they bumped up a spot because you don't have the top end guy. It's like, oh, your top move was, let's say in this case, Lucas Giolito, and he should not be your top move in terms of pitching. So I think if you look at Giolito for what he is, I think you can look and go, okay, see what they're seeing. They think, they're hoping they can get back. They believe they can get bat him back to his best um, with Andrew Bailey, with Breslow there in-house and whatnot. Um, and they brought in a new director of pitching. I forget his name off the top of my head. Um, but he came over from the Twins. So, like, I think they are banking on getting Giolito at his best. It's not a guarantee that they're going to get that. But if they do get that, very worthwhile investment. And even if he opts out, um, if he opts out because he, he pitches really well, you can put a qualifying offer on him and get draft pick compensation for him. So, overall, I, I think it, it's a signing that makes a lot of sense for where the Red Sox are. There's no long-term risk. And – in terms of like, it's not this long deal. Um, but at the same time, you have ability to reap the rewards of him pitching well, whether it's over one year, two years, three years, uh, or even one year plus then getting a draft pick for him potentially. So I think, the, you know, if you just don't make it seem like he's this massive, massive signing, you just go, he's a piece of the puzzle. I think the signing makes a lot more sense. Yeah, I, I hope that they, they, they need more. I think that's the bottom line here. We can all agree. They need more. You cannot roll into the season with Giolito at the top. They need some, they need more guys. And does this give me confidence they'll sign someone to a long-term deal? Not really. Because in a way, this is a one-year deal in disguise because it's kind of a one-year prove-it deal because if he has a great year, he's, of course, going to opt out. And look at the look at the free agent market next year. They're gonna set the buy the the they're gonna set the bar so high, it's gonna be insane. Because a lot of a lot of pitchers next year are aces, or they have ace stuff. And if uh, Giolito doesn't have that good of a year, if he has like a 2022 type of year, yeah, you're probably looking at him opting in. I don't know the exact terms of his deal, but he has some club option if he does something. I don't. It's okay. I got. I got. I got it. So he for after for 2025 he has a player option so which has it has, only has a 1 million dollar buyout so if he does opt out it's not um you know crazy um so and then i think it's i think it's like 18 or 19 million i think it's i think it's 19 million for 25 i think and then if he opts so that's if he opts in. If he opts in, I think he gets. I think it's nineteen million. I think or twenty something, something like that. And if he opts out, he gets the one million dollar buyout, and that's it. Uh, if he if he opts in, then you get the nineteen or twenty million, whatever the number is in twenty twenty five. Then there's an option for twenty twenty six. It's a little, tiny bit complicated, but a set, well, it's not really that complicated. But just it's like a cup. It's like a if. It's like an It's like one with one of the two things happens. If in 2025 he pitches under 140 innings, it's a $14 million club option. If he pitches over 140 innings, it's a $19 million mutual option for 2026. 
Okay. So, for That's example, even if he goes over 140 innings in 2025 and isn't that good, the Red Sox can just cut ties with them because they won't take the mutual option, right? But at the same time, uh, so at, at absolute worst, at absolute worst, you're only, you're gonna only, you only have him on the books for two years. At absolute worst, if he's not great. So worst case scenario, it's you're not having that much of a long term. There's not a real long term risk. You're not running that massive long-term risk. Yes, you'd have to still have them on the books in 25, but you're the Red Sox. If, you know, 19, 20 million is going to make the difference between, you know, you missing the playoffs or, you know, or being a World Series contender, that's more of an ownership and spending problem than a Lucas Giolito problem, let's be mm-hmm. honest. Right. I'd like, to, I'd like to get some thoughts from uh, Full Throttle Gelato. <laughs> That's a new one. <laughs> Ronald Gelato, you're on. <laughs> I mean, it's it's exactly what we expected from Red Sox organization with a signing like this. Very timid, very simple, very short. There's no dedication to long term with this team. It's all short term, short term, short term, short term. I swear they have their heads in the sand thinking that these Cy Young Hall of Fame guys are going to just appear out of the woodworks from this farm system that they built over the last, or High Bloom built over the last few years. And that doesn't happen unless you're in Tampa Bay in the chemistry lab in the Everglades, which they tried They tried to mirror with High Bloom. And it, it could happen that there's some decent players that do arise with these guys. But the likelihood of all these draft players or all these prospects coming to form, they're very, very low. It's, you know, so do I like the signing? No, I I could care less. I'm not going to. It's Giolito. He's been average for a long time. And the next signing that it's on the horizon is um, Teoscar, who's the last. But we're hoping. Yeah, who's an over 200, strike, 200 a season strikeout guy himself who at Fenway, and with the guys surrounding him, he'll probably be around 250. Um, 13th highest slugging percentage at Fenway Park, in Fenway Park history, though. So yeah. Yeah. We didn't talk about this yesterday, but um, the new report out right now is the Red Sox uh, are reluctant are to get in. in the fourth year. Oh, yeah, and are interested in. Right. Um, they're reluctant to give the fourth year, but if they do, it's a done deal. But the yeah. Red Sox are insane. So they won't. They won't. I, uh, uh, if, I, if I the Reds, think the only way it happens is after the Red Sox and then like give make it like an option. I may or may not have heard that if they just add the fourth year, it's a done deal. I'll tell you what: if the Red Sox go out and sign Montgomery, you, you you're hooking me back in a little bit because Montgomery yeah. is a big game pitcher. Yeah, he is the yeah. over. Is he on the opposite end of his career? Absolutely. Um, at any time, could one of these, you know, a guy like him blow out his elbow, blow out his shoulder, um, fall delivering some friggin' um, groceries to Grandma Moses down the street <laughs> on his bicycle? Who knows? But I, I like Montgomery. Montgomery's a proven winner. Yeah, no, he didn't do it in New York. But I don't know why. Is that really his goes fault? The, no, no. They, no. I mean, yeah, everybody's at- head over he- head over heels about the new pitching coach. So 
I'm curious to see what happens there. I think well, Andrew Bailey has the track record from being in San Francisco of turning a pitching staff around. That pitching staff the last couple of years under him has been amazing. And and like uh, the an example of it is Jason and I talked about a guy who just to kind of keep on the radar, not that he's necessarily going to sign with the Red Sox, but he's a name that is interesting. A guy like a Sean Manaya who has had his ups, had his downs, struggled last year. They go with him, go in the lab, they add a sweeper to his mix, and he had like a 340 ERA after adding the sweeper to his pitch mix. Like, stuff like that is stuff that you're looking at like an Andrew Bailey hopefully brings to the table. Maybe a guy's struggling a little bit. Hey, let's get into the lab. Let's maybe turn out a couple things. Maybe add a pitch or slightly vary or make a slight variation to a pitch that the guy Change a grip or two. Yeah, and then you might get something, right? That's what you're looking for out of a guy like Andrew Bailey. You know, those slight changes that can – you're not changing who the guy is, but you're adding another weapon or you're or you're making a weapon that they already have even better. Even can better. I add on to that too? I mean, it's not as hard as a lot of people think because – and fun fact, I want to bring this story up. Um, Erod was having trouble with his changeup. Then Dustin Pedroia comes up to him and introduces him to a new grip, a better grip to his changeup, and it was so much better, and now look at him. He's better. But, like, changes like those are what you kind of hope for a guy like Andrew Bailey, guy who, like Derek said, I'm going to reiterate everything you just said, guy who can add another pitch. You know what? what? Stats just said it all. I like to hear from Lucas Kluber. (laughs) Oh, Oh my gosh. Here here's how I feel about this, right? This is one, it's more than uh this type of, of contract and deal. And I get it's team friendly. I'm not gonna argue against that. It is team friendly. And again, it's a low risk, possible high reward. But here's what sucks about it. It feels like this is what Milwaukee does. You know what really sucks? Milwaukee's made the playoffs. Milwaukee doesn't finish in last place when they do this stuff. You know, it feels like Minnesota would do this. Guess what? Minnesota's been to the playoffs recently. Minnesota's they had Carlos Correa. Right. But, again, this is the type of stuff that happens. Tampa does these deals. Tampa's a successful organization. The Red Sox have not been successful at this. They haven't. I, I don't know why. I don't know what. But I also know that back when we did do signings, we were more successful. And we're not a small market team. We are not. Why are we operating? I just it doesn't make sense to me. And there's no, there's nothing wrong with this with making like certain small market moves in terms of it doesn't hurt to bring in a Giolito or or maybe the quote people who complain about the dumpster diving. It's like every team does that, but make the big moves too. Don't just make right. the smaller moves. Make the big moves as well, is what you're saying. Right, exactly. Because I'll be honest, like I follow Milwaukee. I, I like Milwaukee. I've gotten it out there. If this was Milwaukee doing it, I would be like, you know what, this is great. Like you're adding possibly something to a playoff team that could work out. And if not, I know that there are some things to shore it up with the Red Sox right now. If Giolito doesn't work, what do we have to fall back on? Nothing like really nothing. Maybe one of the guys comes up from the minors and, you know, does all right, but that's really not in their plans this year. So what is it? It just, it feels like more of the same. It feels like blah. And I totally agree with, with our full throttle gelato there that if it's Montgomery, then I know, okay, there, there's, 
another piece to this and Montgomery's a bigger piece. So I feel like we can shore up some things there, but to just go in with sale and no offense against Bayo, he's still young. He's still probably going to struggle. He had, you know, pretty decent year last year, but he, he could struggle again a little bit. Um, and then we got, you know, Pavetta and it, it's, okay, here's more of the same guys, another last place team. And it's just, to me, it's unacceptable. They're trying, it's almost like if they don't make a big move, the team to like make up, make the playoffs and get, they're going to need to catch lightning in a bottle. Kind of right. like they did in 21, right? Um, I do want to bring up, um, it probably means absolutely nothing. Uh, did you guys see who Lou Merloni's, uh Profile picture on Twitter was before Giolito signed. Montgomery. No, it she was Giolito. It's been Giolito for like two weeks. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> is, is anybody you know else? Profile picture, but you guys know what his profile picture is now. Montgomery. James Paxton. Oh, shit. Although <laughs> I will caveat it with him saying because he did say that he wants Paxton to be back. So and I agree. With and that. I'm not against it. I'm totally not against Paxton. You want to bring Paxton back? Bring him back. But you still right. need to bring in a top guy. I'm cool with Paxton. You want to bring in G. Lito and Paxton? Cool. There's nothing wrong with that. You still need that top end of the rotation guy, um, or at least close to that, right? That and that and because they do, they have a lot of interchangeable pieces. You look at a guy like Pavetta. He could go into the bullpen. Uh, Tanner Houck can go into the bullpen. Carter Crawford can go into the bullpen. Oh, Pavetta, Crawford, Houck, they also all could be trade candidates as well, especially right. Pavetta because are they going to extend him? With what the pitching market is, I don't know if I want to extend him. So you're looking right. at three guys where – and even you could uh, – you're looking at three guys where they're not locked into the rotation. So if you take them out right now – all you have is Giolito, Sale, and Bayo, and right. then a bunch of guys that are going to be competing for rotation spots. It, it almost feels like, at, at best, this would be like another Michael Walker case where Giolito comes in, he does all right, he opts out, and he's gone. And you know what really sucks? Walker still had a good season last year. Like, that kind of sucks. I, I wish we would have had that. Yeah. And His contract was weird, though. They, he, he was a wacky contract with the Bucs. Right, it, yeah. It was, but still, it's like if we're gonna sign these guys to these kind of one-year deals, and then off they go after having a decent season. Like, I almost feel like we're just getting kicked in the nuts. Like, yeah. that's crap. Difference is, you can give him a qual, you can give Gilito a qualifying offer, and it would make sense realistically because qualifying offer would be about one year, probably twenty to twenty-one million next year. Right. So if he has a Padres good year, money on him. Well, yeah, but like, well, you give him a qualifying offer because, it's, and if he takes it, great. If he doesn't take it, you're getting a draft pick back. Yeah. So you're getting value for him. So it even like, so worst case, like, even so, if he is really good, you're going to get value back because either he'll stay, whether they re sign him, he opts in, which I would doubt, or you just qualifying offer him and maybe he goes elsewhere, but you get at least get a draft pick for him, right? So you get a year for him and a draft pick. A year of G, like a year of G Lito and a draft, which wouldn't be bad. Um, right. Obviously, we'd like to see. And I think where they're look, what we're looking at right now is in terms of this team. You, if you can get a top end guy in P one, and maybe it's, you know, if it, with a guy who's got term too. You're not just looking at a two year or whatnot. I think your hopeful, your whole, your ideal situation is you're looking for term. 
um, with that top end guy. You could look, you know, you can start looking ahead until like a 2025, 26, whatnot. You can see whoever that top guy is, and then you have a Bayo, and then add a couple of pieces, and you can start to see things kind of coming into picture um, with how a team, how a rotation may look, you know, in 2025. I'm not saying to look towards 2025 now, but you can't totally disregard what your team might look like in two years because sales not going to be there. Probably you hope not. You hope God. no one gives him a Cy Young vote because last thing we need is his option become vesting for 2025. That's the last thing we need. Um, but besides that, going to do it just to piss us off. I know he is. <laughs> I have a question. Um, I'll get, the, I'll get, I'll get, I'll get the joke one out of the way. How does Lucas Giolito signing with the Red Sox impact LeBron's legacy? <laughs> it doesn't because LeBron hates Boston. To be and fair, he hates Boston. He can dangle over dangle the fact over us that he owns the that he's a partial owner of the Red Sox. He's a partial owner in a city he hates. That's good. Good for him. Good for him. <laughs> and number two, does this move the needle at all for the Red Sox? I I wouldn't say it necessarily moves the needle, but it pushes the offseason forward. If that makes I think sense. it does a little bit. Like, like, in like the I, I don't think it push, I don't think it like really moves. It moves the needle in terms of the fact that there that's out the door. You don't have to worry. You got Giolito. You can then move on and continue doing other business that's maybe high, even higher priority in terms of getting that frontline starter. Um, whether it's free agent market, whether it's trade market, um, you ha- in the free agent market you have Montgomery, who I I'm a little iffy on just in terms of price because I don't know what the price of him because uh, Fangraphs crowdsource was like five years, 105 million. Now everyone's saying like six years, 160. Before we know it, who knows? Maybe Mo- what happens if Montgomery's closing in on 200 million plus? Like, do you really want to give him that? Like, yeah, let's no, if like, we can defer you like might as 90% well. of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Derek, I mean, we didn't talk about that at all last yesterday. night. We talked, well, let's bring up what we talked Jason and I talked about before, uh, after you jumped off, Jeff. Is if if Montgomery's pushing 200 million, would you, or even maybe Eclipse's 200 million, would you rather take Montgomery for, let's say, seven years, 200, or would you rather no. take Blake Snell? And some sort of scenario no. where Snell's not Neither. worth that much. Or because well, if you had to pick between one of the two, because Jason and I were on the on the train of, you know what? I think we probably lean Snell in terms of if Montgomery is gonna get near 200 million, if not more, I think we lean we would lean Snell because the thing with Snell is now who knows? This isn't hypothetical because as it seems what people are saying, Red Sox probably may not even want to pay for either of them. Snow does not scenario, have the character to big in a pitch in a big city. But there's nothing about a problem with him. I think it would John, be John Henry's got a pickleball franchise he needs to, to purchase. So, <laughs> so you, know, you can sign Blake Snow to play pickleball. Yeah, that <laughs> is true. No, but like I think I think the thing with Snell is that Jason and I were talking about is you and the the joke I got came up is how many times does Blake Snell want to sign young? Two times. You know how many times Garrett Cole's won one? Huh? One. You can go and say with Snell, you know, maybe it's not the most convincing option, but you can go, you could realistically go and say 
he's our ace. He's won two Cy Youngs. He's put up if, – if it's not for Kevin Cash, he could potentially have one of the best pitching performances in a World Series game in the last 20 years. If it Snell to me is Zach Greinke 2.0. But Zach Greinke was a great pitcher. I would, yeah, and he never <laughs> pitched for a big market team. And, that's, and now he pitched for the Dodgers <laughs> for a little bit. Yeah, but I, he, he, here's my he, thing well, he won a Cy Young. Almost yeah, won a yeah, Cy Young. The Dodgers for the Dodgers. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The Dodgers and Houston. Guys, we have breaking news. <gasps> oh. <laughs> Hello, gentlemen. Oilson Street. Hey. I, I do want. Uh. I do want to add to real quickly. I do want to add before we move off from <laughs> Snell. The thing with Snell that I brought up with Jason last night is Snell is in this no, spot. Like it, man. Oh, what's up, bro? <laughs> so, Represent. No. Last name, man. <laughs> so, uh, I have no, I have no muscles. muscles. <laughs> Thirty-seven Ronan, well, man. Represent I love Ronan.com. Go and get your swag today. That's there you it, go. Baby. Yes, there you go. Uh, before we move off of Snell, I, I want to say what I brought up with Jason last night, and it was with Snell. His stuff is like he is really good at getting swing and misses. Guys don't hit him when he throws in the zone, and that's. Proven. You look at his baseball savant page, his chase rate is like stupidly high. Uh, he's one of the best chase rates in baseball. I mean, not chase rates, sorry, swing and miss rates in baseball. Here's the problem. He he sometimes a lot of times he nibbles on the edges of the plate. So if you're a hitter and you go, Well, I can't hit it even when he throws it in the zone, why would I swing at it if it's on the edge of the zone? And because he nibbles so much, he ends up walking guys. Because he does he, he just throws everything around the corners. And it ends to a lot of borderline ball calls for him because guys aren't swinging because they know it's a pitch that they're most likely not going to hit or not going to make solid contact with. Where and But then when he does throw the ball in the zone, guys can't hit it. Guys right. swing and miss. So it's that weird like caveat for him where he's got this stuff that is really, really good and would fit. You think about Andrew Bailey, would fit really, really well. However... The problem is you just got to get him to throw strikes. But at the same time, in the grand picture of Snell, like I said, you can say, hey, he is our ace. With Montgomery, you can't really say that. As much as I like Montgomery, you can't say that with Montgomery. With Snell, you can go, this guy's won two Cy Youngs. As much as he's been inconsistent at times, like he he could be. He's the guy where if he's at his best, he is an ace. Montgomery, probably not. Well, you that's just the case for it. Stay at least with Montgomery. This first couple of years, he is a top of the line rotation guy. Whether you can say one or two, you can go either way with it. I do agree with Snell. That is an ace. He has two Cy Youngs. I actually wouldn't have a problem with Snell. I would be a little um, apprehensive with the big pressure stuff because in a city like Boston and how passionate. I'll just put it that way. Passionate we can be. It, it can be a lot. So I do have some trepidation there with him in that situation. But at the same time, he's had one hell of a World Series performance. That's that's high pressure. So he has proven he can perform in high pressure situations. And he's proven he can win in the AL East. Right. Mm-hmm. He, can prove he can win in the AL East. So I'm not opposed to that. I do worry about the money, though. Him, if it's yeah, north of it, exactly, 
I don't know. And, and, and it's what about the short-term thing that's been coming out recently on Snell? How we take high a uh, high AV but short-term? Right. Sure. And, but Snell, I think is thirty-one. And He'll be entering I mean, his age thirty-two season. Right. I mean, if the room, the room, like the thing is, what if it's like a two-year deal with options for third and fourth year, and let's say the first two years at like. 34 35 million the first two years and then the option for the third year is like 30 and then the option for the fourth year is like 25 let's say right i mean i think you gotta i think that's a deal that like you look at and go especially when we talk about red sox ownership that's a deal they don't have any long-term you know this isn't no eight nine year deal that they haven't been willing to give out with the exception of rafael devers and Rafael Devers is not the rule. He's the exception to that. He's the exception to the rule. They have not been give, wanting to give out these eight, nine-year deals. I if Now, we know Snow has West Coast preference, and it's all hypothetical, but I, I think that, if, like I said, if Montgomery starts to push $200 million, which you never know, there's a chance he could, I think you have to start leaning toward – I think the – I think you would have to lean towards Snell in terms of one or the other. What does our mm. crown prince of Boylston Street say? Oh, by, by the way, I wasn't laughing at you stats earlier. I was laughing because I looked at everyone's name <laughs> <laughs> around the horn. I was like, holy shit. No one's using their, we're all using pseudonyms. Uh, I I don't know enough to, to be honest with you about a statistical acumen you know the way that you know stats does and you guys do i just like watching baseball and, and love the red Sox. i don't give a flying fuck who pitches i don't care who hits i just want to i want to see some baseball and i'd like to see some pride restored back to the uh to the franchise it in my humble opinion it is the best franchise in sports period uh, because it saw trials and tribulations for almost nine decades and did the impossible. And then they did the impossible again in 07. 13, coming back from a horrific uh, domestic terrorist event and winning it all. I mean, that's the shit that fucking movies are, are written about. 18 was unbelievable. And just, uh, I, I think Hein Bloom, had he got a chance, he had to cook this offseason and done some, done some good stuff. But we've sucked what, three out of the last four years been in the cellar? And right now, Red Sox fans are ravenous for something sexy. Uh, they like teasing about uh, Yamamoto. I, I knew that was a pipe dream at best. I knew that dude was going to get the bank. Uh, did I expect the Dodgers to pick him up after they fucking just, you know, cashed in on Otani? No, but Otani's deal is, I, I, I don't understand how MLB can allow that to happen, but it is what it is because it's what the players and owners agreed to. They allow yeah. it's uh, in the CBA. It, it's, it, it's just unique. You know, we're not privy to the nuances that go into the CBA and things like that, to, you know, to the extent that agents and, 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 and team ownership are, but I think the Red Sox need to do a few more things to give the fan base uh, something to cheer about, to put asses in the seat back at Fenway. I mean, it's got a big marquee on the side that says America's most beloved ballpark. Well, according to the statistics from last year, it was rated 11th, you know, with an average of 33,000 people per game. And I, I think its max capacity is just under 38. So when you're losing five, you know, thousand people per game, what is that saying about the fan base? What is that saying about the product that you're putting on the field? And you don't have to be a statistical genius like Stats there or Jason 
to to know that when mm-hmm. you're signing a 37 38 year old guy with a two you know a two year deal with an opt out you know in Turner you don't you don't have to have their acumen to go okay that doesn't sound like the sexiest deals you know we don't know much about this guy now Turner came in and fit right in in Boston and fucking had a career year I think in home runs and RBIs or at least in RBIs maybe but we don't want the one year deal we we want something sexy we want something that's you know you know I tweeted this out a couple of weeks ago and I can't remember exactly what I said, but it, it alluded to for the last four years, we've been in a safe relationship with the good girl. Well, now we want to go out with the whore that does cocaine and charges up our credit cards and leaves us on the side of the road somewhere, but she promises to love us. I think that's what we want now. <laughs> oh God. Aye, aye, aye. Nice it, it, is a good, it is. It, it is good. That is a good, uh, like, by the way, I did oh, have to fact. Oh. I did have to fact check our two statisticians because I don't know if Jeremy heard that. He didn't point out us as good statisticians. But y'all wrong. Zanke won in two thousand nine with the Kansas City Royals. Cy Young. Well, he was top three. You all said he won it with the Dodgers. I didn't say it. I didn't you say it. I said he was a silent candidate oh. with the Dodgers. Oh. oh. To be fair, I didn't say this it. Is, I let them by the way, say this is and recorded, and we could play it back later. Ooh. We'll see. We'll for, see. For let the fans, let the fans, the blah blah blah, tell you facts. Damn it. <laughs> well, I will say. I will. I will say this. Um, it. The the thing is, we can talk about how we want to have like the 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 like that sexy move but like if ownership's not gonna pay like you're not getting that move it doesn't matter who's running the team who's in the front office it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if dave dombrowski's there the only thing dombrowski might achieve at this point is maybe persuading john henry to give him a little bit more money but at this point it feels like the checkbook's closed pretty much especially in terms of long-term deals it's closed right you look at outside of devers what are the long-term deals? Story, but that's not that wasn't a top of the market deal. Um, and what? That's it. Right. Really? You say it, was, like, you say it wasn't a top of the market deal, but it was for the Red Sox, right? It was. But but in all, in all honesty, who do we really want them to go out and sign someone to to twelve, fourteen years? Like some of these contracts are. are depends on the player. I mean, right. if it's I mean that that's obvious. I mean that goes without saying. I mean, but Otani's a unicorn. Yeah, no, right. but not so even if, if so. Okay, I'll put, put it like this: If someone told me next offseason the Red Sox are going to offer Juan Soto twelve years, I'm hopping on board. I don't care. I'm hopping on board. Soto would just right so, because so. And the thing, it's like it depends on the player, right? A guy like a Juan Soto, hop on board with the like. You look at the Padres with like Fernando Tatis Jr. They gave him what fourteen years. He's the type yeah. of guy. Yes, you give him fourteen years, right? It depends on the player, but let's say, for example, let's say in, I don't know, let's say in, let's say five, or let's say four years from now, Marcelo Meyer is about to go into arbitration four or five years from now, and the Red Sox go and give him 12 years. I'm not complaining about that, right? In, in this hype, in that hypothetical, right? So yeah. I think it, it all depends on the player. Um, or even and I agree with that. Cannot have a guy who's 35 giving him 10 plus years, but the guy's right. 30, I can see it. I it, I agree with but, you. But thing, the Dodgers are getting those players. The 
uh, Yankees are getting those players. The Padres are getting those players because they're offering that kind of money. We're the Boston Red Sox. We yeah. have the money. There's and no it, well, it, go, it goes to – it goes to what Andrew Friedman said in 2016. It's a great quote from Andrew Friedman. If you're logical on every free agent, you will finish third on every free agent. The Red Sox haven't been willing to extend themselves to go and get a free agent. They haven't been willing to extend themselves to overpay for a guy even though they want him. They haven't been willing to do that. I got like we bring up Teoscar Hernandez and it what seems like if they just give him 4 years, they can get him. Well, why, why not? Just What's go do it. fucking year to, to you the know? Red Sox? What is another fucking year? It, 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 but, it, no, it, but they're acting like we're the Royals. We can't do that. We'll go back. It's not even about another year, and it's going to be a problem if you give him three or four years. Three or four years might decide whether you get him or don't get him. Like, if you want the guy, go and get him. Do what it takes to go and get him. Right. But is he the and guy? Think, that's that's the thing. That's the I look I look back to Moneyball. Remember the movie Moneyball where they cut the banners down? Um, I think it was like Zeta. That wasn't Zeta. It was uh Damon no, like, Giambi. Damon and Giambi. The Red Sox have no banners to lay out in front of their ballpark outside of Devers. And even Devers isn't a hot sell because he's just not that guy who's on TV. Um, whatever show you want to say, selling the Red Sox. So they don't have anybody that puts people in their seats as the Red Sox. But if you look back in the history of the Red Sox, there were guys. I mean, you had Clemens, you had Pedroia, you had Noma, you had Pedro, Manny. Wade Boggs. Wade Boggs. I mean, you can go up and down the list. The Prince of Boylston, Mr. Napoli. You know, guys have put people in the seats for years. And for the last five years, outside of Bogarts, who is still, in my my honest opinion, was a silent leader. He was never a, vo- a vocal or boisterous leader, in, at least outside of the clubhouse. The Red Sox don't have a face of the organization outside of... No, you know the face of no, they the don't, organization okay. is? I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, let me I'll, finish I'll, my I'll statement. Let me finish my statement. The face of the Red Sox nation and tis the season is Scrooge motherfucking McDuck. <laughs> no, I, I think Devers is the face of that of, uh, is the face of the organization. But, uh, but I think I think I, th- I I I think with Devers, I think you, Devers does have star power, but I think. I think part of it's due to the lack of winning. I think that's a big thing. But they don't really have, like, that secondary. So, like, for example, we want to talk about David Ortiz. Pedroia was always there by his side later in the year, later on, right? Right. You always had Pedroia there as well. And then you had other guys too. But you had Ortiz as one, Pedroia was two, right? Right now you have Devers. You don't have anyone else. Let me ask you guys a question. What's up? Let me ask you guys a question. So let's take – Let's take a look at 13 and 18. On 13, who was the big name? Pop Ortiz. Who was, the, who was the household name? David Ortiz, right? But outside of that, who did we have? We had Johnny Gomes. We had Mike Napoli. Napoli, before uh, bef- before the Red Sox, was in the um, uh, what A's organization or the uh, Angels organization as a catcher. And then he, we signed him on a three-year, $36 million deal. It got cut to one year, six with incentives because of his hip. 
But outside of that, we we picked up Shane Victorino. But Shane was, you know, arguably on the downside of his career. In yeah. fact, but he, he made himself let, a face of the with yeah, his but charisma. He stopped, but he was, but he wasn't a big signing. He wasn't sexy. He was Buckles. stable. But you look at eighteen. Who on eighteen outside of Chris Sale, maybe Chris Sale, who was the big name? Mookie. David Price, not really. No, Mookie won the MVP. Yeah. Okay, Mookie. Yeah. Okay, Mookie. But what the point is? Yeah, the point is, you don't necessarily need that name to be a player. If you look at the Angels, they had arguably the best two players the last hundred years in Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, and they did shit. You look at the Yankees, they've had Judge, they've had uh, a Cole. few other players that Kermit. They haven't done shit. Kermit. Yeah, Kermit, Kermit Cole, they haven't done shit. You look at the Mets, the Mets with penalties last year, I think their payroll was just under $500 million yeah. and did dick. If you Padres. get some good, solid play, exactly, the Padres, they're throwing out money like they're laundering for the uh, Sonola Drug cartel. cartel. Not anymore. But, they're trying to cut payroll. I know. Yep. But if, but if if you go out there and you, you make those big splashes and you still don't do dick, you're going to be thrown to the wolves by the fans again. So I don't mind them making good baseball moves as long as they pay off. But the question, the question I have to that, though, is – those teams, right? Padres, Mets, um, those teams that are doing that, have they finished in last place three out of the last four years? No. They but haven't. they have not been competitive on the uh, on the level they should be with the players that they signed. And uh, that, that's the problem. And that's the problem. I'll, I'll say that you need both. You need both. You, you need the bigger moves, whether it's signings, free agents, or whatnot. Like, you need the star players, but you also need the supporting cast, Correct. right? You go look at the, like, you look at the Texas Rangers, and everyone talks about the money they spent and all this money. And you have the Semians, Seegers, and you have all the pitching they brought in. You look at that Rangers lineup last year, they acquired Mitch Garver in a trade for, um, Oh, uh, what's his face? I don't even remember who it was at this point, but it, they it didn't cost them a boatload to get Garver in that trade. You have Adolis Garcia, who they purchased from the Cardinals for like nothing. They got him for nothing, essentially. Uh, Evan Carter, second round draft pick for them in 2020. Josh Young, first round draft pick in 2019. Nathaniel Lowe, they got him for like nothing in a trade with the Rays back in 2020. Uh, Jonah Heim, they got him from the A's in 2021 uh, in a trade. Travis Jankowski. Well, I'm, get, yep. I'm getting I'm getting there. Uh, Leody Tavares, amateur free agent signing in 2015, uh, and Ezekiel Duran. They got him in the Joey Gallo trade. Like the, most of their lineup wasn't the big guys, but those two big guys were massive parts of their lineup. But if they just had Seager and Semyon, they wouldn't have done anything. It's like the Angels. You have Trout Otani. Cool. What's the rest of your lineup? Right. Right. And to that point, though, I personally, I feel that over the last couple years with the talent that we that we do have, we do have some talent. There's no that we don't have those other big guys to help bring them. They're missing that big bat in the middle of the lineup. Those those big names are also vocal leaders. They're in front of the team leading. We don't have that. And that's what sucks. Like, I feel like we have a supporting cast. We just don't have that big missing piece. And for a franchise that it has more money than any other franchise out there, you're standing pat. 
it doesn't make any sense. Like, what? To, and to that point, right, Teoscar, right? Is he the guy? Well, if you're not going to offer one more deer, one more year, then I guess yeah, he's not the guy. Who is the guy? Do you have a guy? Because right now, I don't see anybody being that guy. Because you haven't proven that you're going to bring in your guy. I think Heim Bloom. I will give him credit on this. Um, uh, Masataka, right? He was Heim's guy. He posted, I've got him in 45 minutes. Great. What else has happened? Nothing else has been like that. There's yeah. not one. You can make an argument like, on oh, story that, that they stuck by him, that they stuck okay. by story. But like even then, story only had two offers. It was the Red Sox and then the Rangers, but the Rangers were going to make him play center field. Right. And story was a late signing. It was a he was. severe elbow. Because like he only had two jerk. offers. It was a knee-jerk reaction. It's like, oh my god, we got. No, to it wasn't because of the lockout. He was late because of the lockout. Yeah, it was, was yeah, lockout. It was the lockout. But there was the mm -hmm. elbow. But we, it still we was late. Glimpse. We all got a glimpse of what Story can do. What was it that five or six week period that he just went fucking MLB the show video game type crazy? Yeah, like right. he's two got years ago. he's got upside. This is the Mariners. Yeah, he's he has upside. He's he's gonna be. Uh, this is his first. Uh, What's his first normal off season? First normal off season. He's you going hope. to he's going to have a full season next year. You got that kid O'Neill who looks like he and Duran lifted all the weight. Uh, <laughs> like they, they, They're going like to be gym buddies. You know, I would go up to him at the gym and say, "Hey, you fuckers can just stop." I mean, I mean, seriously, I don't think they can get any bigger. But you, we've got plenty of potential. I don't necessarily like the word reclamation. Uh, I've heard that thrown around a couple times. I think Mr. Casas, with his uh, cornrows and beard and uh, perfectly groomed eyebrows, is going to have an unbelievably good year. I think we're going to see that catcher prospect maybe come up a little sooner. I think his name is Teal, maybe. Yeah, uh, uh, we'll see. I I, I wouldn't hope. I mean, I I read a few things about that kid that I wouldn't be surprised if he came up. I really wouldn't be. I, mean, I think you'll see him in twenty. You could see him in twenty four, but you're not seeing him in any time early in the year. Yeah, it would be after July. But, if I mean, even still, I, to see him in 24 would be, I mean, it would be really, really good to see it. I mean, I, honestly, it says a lot about the kid and his abilities. But if you get one or two more starting, uh, if you get a true ace to, to anchor the team, because we all know it's not Chris Sale anymore. I mean, the motherfucker sneezes and, and breaks a rib. But if, <laughs> if, if we can get that one true number one, you got Bello and Sale for two, three, maybe. You've got this uh, Giolito guy uh, with his seven ERA. And then maybe uh, Nick Pavetta, Cutter Crawford. You got Tanner I think Cutter Hoxfield, Crawford, Garrett probably. Whitlock. You still have Henley Jensen or Kenley Jensen as your closer. If he doesn't get traded. The, yeah, if he doesn't There's get traded. There's been a lot of buzz. Same thing with Chris buzz. Martin if he doesn't get traded. But yeah. if we get if we get a consistent second baseman, because our last consistent second baseman was Dustin Pedroia when he played 100 games, and, and I think that was 27. And I think that was what 2017, maybe. But, but Ian Kinsler, Ian Kinsler they're not going to bring months. it. They're I not going to bring in a second baseman. They've got I the prospects. I, I don't, here. I don't know. Try to put I, I think base. they might roll Valdez at second base, yeah. and I yeah. think that's. And I don't see a problem with that. Hey, that little fucker's got some pop, though, man. I like that kid. <laughs> he does. The only I problem do. is he's another lefty, but guess what? Who cares? Roll with it. You <laughs> see what you Bring it, bring it in. I, I don't think it's dire is I see some people tweeting about or posting about on Instagram and, and what have you. You know, I, I really question these fans. Are you really a fucking fan of the team? 
I mean, because no matter what the Sox do, it's not the right thing. And <clears throat> I, one thing I've, I've learned to do this offseason, you know, I, I'll tweet little shit here and there just to have some fun with it. But it's outside of my purview. It's out of my scope of control. So I don't give a thunderous fuck. I don't care about these contracts anymore. It's not my money. I'm going to spend 25 grand taking my family to Fenway no matter what. Fuck it. You know, sign whoever the hell you want to at this point. Hell, I can piss 50 miles an hour down Broadway. Sign me up. I will come out of the stands and <laughs> wear. Tell me when you're coming up to Fenway. Yo, facts. We, gotta... uh, we will be up there the second week of May for two weeks. <gasps> Boom. That's just Ooh, when I get out of school. Let's go. Perfect. I'd say we'll be up there for two for, weeks. Are you going home for spring break? No. Stats. No. Uh, I'm not planning on it right now. Yeah. I mean, but what's our uh, goal? What's our I goal? For, I mean, I can't. For okay, spring training? Happens, what's our goal for spring training? If we do something for spring training, I will fly to Fort Myers. But if we're not, I'm not flying because ticket flight tickets are obnoxiously expensive to Florida for spring break. Yeah, they are. They're expensive in general. Well, we oh, yeah, but even more so during spring break. Frontier is pretty cheap. Uh, Feel free to go fund me if you need. Mine flying on the lawn chair. I can fly. It's just I'd rather save the money because I can use it for like Red Sox tickets. Let's be honest. Right. Have you flown you Frontier, to Myers last Jeremy? Time. It was awesome. I have, I have not flown Frontier. Uh, I have only flown once in the last. Uh, it's shit. uncomfortable. <laughs> it's uncomfortable. I have flown once in the last ten years, and that was this last July, and. Uh, I don't necessarily hate flying. I just fucking hate airports. Wait, you yeah. drove to Florida? Yeah, hell yeah, yeah I did. did. I do too. You, you, from you, you ever you ever travel with kids? Yeah. Yeah, you ever been on a plane with? He kids? is a kid. No, I am a kid. <laughs> Being on a plane with kids, I would rather stab my eyeball out with a freaking butter knife. You know, oh no! They're little kids and they're crying because then you feel bad because you know there's nothing you can do, but at the same time you feel guilty right. because it's your kid. Right. If I throw them in a fucking car, here's a DVD player. Go watch Toy Story. We're good. Let's go. And they're gonna fall asleep in a matter of hours. I am good. So, Not only that, I get to drive. Everybody else falls asleep, and I just got me and music and the road, and I'm good. So last week. I took uh, the wife and kids, all of all of us went to Six Flags for Holiday in the Park so they could all see the Christmas tree and all that stupid shit. So uh, I went just to be dad, just to spend time with the family. And we're loading up in my wife's Durango, all of us. There's a total of six of us. I'm driving, wife's shotgun, little bastards are in the back seats. They're going at each other like it's, Al-Qaeda versus ISIS, you know, common, common goals, but they can't get along. And I told him, I was like, look, you little fuckers want me to take you to Boston next year. Better get your shit squared away now because your mother and I will straight up fucking leave you here and go to Boston all by ourselves. We have zero problem leaving you here all to yourselves. You're, I told my 18 year old, you're 18 year old now. You know the number to 911. Good luck. Oh my gosh. I'm saving that for when I have kids, hopefully. Here's the phrase I always throw out to mine. When they start doing that shit and they're fighting and touching each other and all this, and I, I always I'll turn around and look at them and go, if I have to get involved, you all lose. So knock it <laughs> off. And then they're like, Oh crap. Okay. <laughs> no, I think, I awesome. think what I'm gonna wind up doing is renting trying to rent one of those sprinter vans, those real large ones. 
Uh, so they have a little bit more room than the the Durango that I have. Durango we have is nice. It's, you know, fully yeah. loaded and all that stupid shit. But when you're in a vehicle for 30 hours, you're going to want to start killing each other. So we're going to take, we're going to do three, three days up, you know, stop off a couple different places, kind of break up the trip a little bit, spend a full seven days in Boston, and then take three days coming back, just there having you. some fun. There yeah, you, you should, I should stop through. on the Illinois, way back. Go to a Brewers game. Yes. yes. Uh, the wife, the wife, and I are actually talking about just her and I coming up to Chicago. Hell yeah! Uh, um, because our twentieth is next month. We got married in Chicago, and she and I oh, want to wow. see a game at Wrigley before I get too comfortable <laughs> and never want to fucking go anywhere again. Right. You guys, if you're driving, you know where you need to stop on the way back. Tell me, make a make a detour for it. Um, it's in St. Louis. Which is uh, the um, Negro Baseball Hall of Fame? Oh, that would be cool. I've yeah, heard it's amazing. Really cool. I, I really, talked really to really someone cool. who went recent, like went like a couple months ago, and they said like it was so worth it. I have heard that. Yeah, it, the rest of St. Louis can burn in hell, but yeah. Now I, I got lucky once. I met a guy named John Miles, John the Mule Miles, and he played for the Grays. And I actually have his autograph in his baseball card here at the house framed. So I would love to see That's- his. His stuff at the uh, at their Hall of Fame that would be super super cool. That's if I don't go to jail for murdering my children. And leaving <laughs> <them off. laughs> but no, the the wife and I actually talked about coming up to uh, catch a game at Wrigley and then catch a game uh, uh, where the Brewers play. What's what's it called again? What where did the Brewers play? American Family Field. Millipack. Yeah. American we, Family yeah. Field Financial, I don't know, whatever. It's but we, we would. Uh, you might as well name it Dave O'Brien Field. Yeah, might Dave as well. Yeah, the only the only problem I have coming up there is fucking O'Hare Airport is the worst airport I've ever been to in my life. It is ungodly large and packed all See the time. No, get, oh, you've gonna, obviously never been to LaGuardia. If no, 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 no. I, or I JFK. No, I, I I've been to two airports ever. I've been to like I want to say seven. I've been to one, more for me. One is Logan. You know what the other one is? Seriously. Logan again? Fort Myers. Fort Myers. Yeah. So I'll, I'll name the airports I've been to. I've been to Tampa and Orlando, the nice. international ones. Then there's like a Saint Tampa Saint Pete one that's like a or Clearwater that's like a re, smaller one. There's one in Orlando that's smaller as well. I've been to the one in Bangor because I went to school in Maine for a year, which was dumb, but besides the point. And then Logan and TF Green. I've been I've, TF I've Green, been Logan, Nova Scotia, Detroit, Newark, LaGuardia, O'Hare, Milwaukee, Ottawa. Uh, let's see. Denver. That's a, That's a scary fucking place. Uh, they got the zombie horse there. It's, it's, <laughs> I'm not kidding. I am not kidding. That Denver airport is fucked up. The Illuminati built that shit. So, <laughs> yeah, dude, no, seriously, watch some videos on how they built it and they've got all these underground like tunnels and everything right. underneath the Denver airport. It's kind of yeah. weird and creepy. It is. It is. Uh, I've been in Dallas, Fort Worth and, uh, Shit, the uh, what's the other one? I can't remember, but yeah, anyways, so quite a few airports. I flew a lot when I was a kid, and 
Yeah, I hate airports. So I've, I been, just I've been to too many, and I, I spoiled myself, or my wife spoiled me by flying us first class. Once we did that, I will never go back. It's I'll pay the extra yeah. money. It's yeah. so much more convenient. Oh, I'll go. I'd rather go broke than fly in cabin. Oh yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll sell one of the children uh, to yeah. uh, to make myself more comfortable. I'll definitely get rid of one of the kids. Oh, and by the way, Brown, my... uh, the wife and I will send a couple of the kids up there to you anytime <laughs> you want. Let us know. Oh my god! I'll um, put them to work. Uncle Jeff, I'll I'll put them to work. I'll put them to work. Peanut butter and jelly. Hey, that sounds we'll be good. Living to me. in the cellar off crumbs. I don't do well with kids. I, I don't do well with kids. He won't take them. So, oh no. Oh, so, I do have I do have something. Is it yeah. news? So, once Giolito started performing bad was after him and his wife filed for divorce. Yeah. You know what I that, that means? Today. You know what that means? A revenge season incoming. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> He's about that to win the Cy Young boys. That that could do it. Unless World, unless World Series she got on. She got half of the divorce. Right. He won't want to. He won't want to. That's why he signed for 19 million. Yeah, but she's going to get half of that. Right. Have you been through a divorce? I can tell you this: you don't want to do shit when you go through that divorce. It is. You've been you've been raped and bent over the friggin' coals. Yeah, it's it's like getting kicked in the nuts every day, several times a day. Did you say rape with the K, or did you say it with a different letter? Because we might need to bleep it out. (laughs) Rape. I said rape. Rape. Okay, I'm just making sure. With a K, with a K. I was making sure. Yeah, with a K. Rake, rake. I I didn't want anything to have to be bleeped out. Good accent. We're family friendly. It's the I's, the P's, the K's. We can't figure it out. All right, so Jeremy, you know, or guys, you know, I have Fenway South. Yes, sir. My my wife just uh, and I just, or she just gave me permission. We're we're creating a second office here. Uh, It's a Star Wars themed office. We're naming the Death Star. Oh shit! So, oh shit! It, it's gonna be fucking cool as shit. One of the walls <laughs> is gonna have the same uh, aesthetic that the Death Star does, where it's got the, uh, the 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 menacing lights. It's gonna have all kinds of shit, dude. It's gonna be super oh, cool. Shit. So I have to switch back and forth between offices for for podcasts. Right? Yeah, you're gonna have to do that. I can't. I can't wait, man. So when are you coming to the Chicago? We were talking this this season. Um, it's going to depend greatly on what this first quarter does for me, uh, as far as the business goes. Yeah. Um, we expanded our, our line a little bit. We're up to 50 designs now. I'm supposed to have a meeting in about two weeks with the coffee vendor to potentially launch our coffee line. And my brother and I are still trying to get a meeting with Rebecca Creek whiskey, uh, to do a whiskey, uh, whiskey brand as well. So once I have all that lined up, then it'll be what the hell? better understanding of what to what, what Derek. Doing. guess who the dodgers are supposedly in negotiation or guess who the dodgers are reportedly pursuing robert no robert taylor imanaga imanaga holy shit oh you know who wants to you know who wants to uh play for the dodger no that's sorry no you know who wants to play with otani Everyone? when he comes over to the mlb sasaki Roki sasaki Munitaka Munitaka Murakami, oh, who's the fuck. best hitter in Japan, oh, who's a third baseman, who's expected to come over after 2025. Guess whose contract ends in 2025 with the Dodgers? Max Muncie. Oh, fuck off. 
they're gonna be. I was joking with my grandfather earlier today. I was like, "Yeah, they're the, they're the team Japan Dodgers." Right. That yeah. actually happened. Right. Jeez. The 2026 World Baseball Classic, the Dodgers versus the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> they're not gonna be Samurai Japan. They're gonna be Dodgers Japan. It's Samurai Dodgers. <laughs> Samurai Dodgers. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh man, I uh. Jesus Christ, dude! It, it it's amazing how teams can just stack themselves up. The, I mean, the Dodgers literally look like uh, the forced trade on MLB The Show, where the system doesn't want to do it, but you force it, so you create this super team. Right. And it's like my my brother has uh, in his bedroom at the house. He has like a seventy five inch TV, and he plays MLB The Show. Well, he's using the Red Sox. Well, he's three quarters of the way through the season and he's like 120 and one and Adam Duvall still on the team and Adam Duvall through that through that same period is like got a hundred home runs Rafi's like at nine it, it's just insane that's what the fucking Dodgers remind me of now right. that he, they're on cheat code uh or cheat mode rather they, with cheat codes and everything it's insane the Dodgers are what I did in MLB The Show 07, where I went 162 and 0 with the Red Sox because I literally just had everybody. So no, 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 no. Here's no. You want to? I'll up one up you on MLB 2K10 when I went 162 and 0 with the Red Sox and I won the MVP with Aaron Bates. Who, <laughs> this, this relates because he's currently the Dodgers. Uh, I think he's their co-hitting coach. <laughs> Shout out Aaron Bates. Yeah. Oh, God. You wanted him on the Sox for so fucking long. I, th- I think my shortstop was Ty Wigington in 07 there. I don't oh, know. that's a name. Yeah, isn't it? That's a name. That was my shortstop, but he was a fucking stud. Oh, no, I traded for Hanley Ramirez. I still <laughs> love Hanley. I still love Hanley. I've always loved Hanley. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, guys. Wife is calling me over. It is right. time for me to hop off. Uh, it was so good to see you all again. Let's do this again real, real soon. Absolutely. Uh, Mr. Brown, always good to see you. Thank you for the support. And uh, the shirt looks good on you. Mr. Uh, Jeremy, always good to see you. Stats, I'm really happy for you living your best fucking life. Uh, Jason, I need to see some grades. Otherwise, I'm going to put you on fucking restriction. I got an A on both my finals. <laughs> I, right, I can send proof. Because otherwise, send proof. I was going to come up there, young man. I mean, you All are right, going to. I mean, it would be a win for you, but okay. Right. <laughs> All right, guys, you have a great weekend. And if I don't talk to y'all before uh, this, uh, the 31st, happy new year. Be safe. Drink a few for me. I'll be drinking a lot of Diet Coke. You got it. All right, guys, take care. Take care, Bye. Taylor. All right. Yeah, we'll probably wrap up here soon. I got Right. I got more soon. beer to drink. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, with that uh, friendly note in mind, anything else? Final remarks? Um, we do have something from Alex Spear. Oh, okay. Shit. Red Sox are still interested in Teoscar Hernandez, even after signing Lucas Giolito, uh, and they are continuing to explore trades involving their young outfielders, which would assume it's presumably mean Duran, Abreu, and Rafaela. This so that's of note. Does Rafaela have any val- like a lot of value or no? Yeah, I mean, not as yeah. much as Duran because Duran's proven it at the big leagues at least for a year. Here's the thing: I think if you trade Duran, you're cashing in on him because you're saying. We don't know how much better he's going to get than this, and we can go use him and get legitimate pitching. Rafaela, I think his you're more so looking and Rob for Rafaela, you're more so looking at like a guy like an Edward Cabrera in a trade or something along those lines where it's like 
you can get a pitcher with term, but you're not getting anything near. I don't think you're getting near top of the rotation with a Rafaela. With Duran, you package him with the right piece. You could get a guy even with decent term for the top of the rotation. I think Duran, if you're looking for um, top of the rotation or at least close to it in a term in a trade, I think Duran's the guy that's got to be traded to get that. Duran for right. my and, term and, confirmed. And the thing is, too, the other thing I, I, I want to add is, Jason, I brought this up. Everyone assumes if Duran were to be traded, Rafael is going to play center field. Not necessarily. He could still be sent down because William Bray, who played more innings in center field in the big leagues last year than he did in any other outfield spot. Tyler O'Neill can also play center field. And then Ref Snyder can play center field against lefties. Yep. So it's not like they wouldn't have a center fielder. So right. I don't think it's a shoe-in at all that Rafaela would be the opening day center fielder if Dorian gets traded. I don't think that's a shoe-in at all. True. I don't know. It's There's still a lot of questions out there. Still a lot of off-season to go, though, too. We still right. have. Still a lot. Still, right. and we, we, it's like, yeah, we have like a month and a half until pitchers and catchers report, I think. Right. A month and still. a half. And free agency terms is like a year at right. this point because no one signs until the last feels like two weeks. It feels like right. Not that it's all not everyone, but you, you get what I mean in that sense. Right. Like it always drags out. Like it's like we're getting to the new year. Why haven't they really done anything? It's like, well, how many guys have really signed? Right. Like, yeah, I don't think the majority the, of Boris's guys have signed either. No, no, no. no they and like that's the thing. And the thing is too is like. The trade market also isn't moving a ton. Why? Because the free agent market hasn't really moved. And the right. trade market's not going to really move until the free agent market starts to move. So I'll use an example with Seattle. Seattle doesn't isn't really in talks right now, in to- a ton of talks in terms of their young, controllable pitchers. Why? Because they need hitters. They're only going to trade them for hitters. But if they can go get hitters on the free agent market, it might change what their ask is for those pitchers or which pitchers they'd actually be willing to give up um, or whatnot. So that's, I think, why like the trade market hasn't fully been like, – hasn't been moving, and, and that's always the case normally in the offseason. You're not going to see any of these bigger trades happen until the free agent dominoes start happening because also, too, free agency, all you got to do is give the guy money. You don't have to trade anything for him. Right. So. Any last yeah. thoughts, both Rado Gelato? None whatsoever. I'm, I'm curious. An off, an off, an off subject uh, thought is: I'm curious to see the the new Russian center that the Bruins are bringing up tomorrow. Um, I, 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 this the Bruins have needed a center center depth for a while, so I'm yeah. curious to see what this kid's going to bring. And a Russian and Patra playing in the World man, Series doesn't help that center depth. Always bringing a Russian up is fun to watch because they get a little. Uh, um, no, I mean seriously though. They got a little bit of um, what do you call it? Uh, angst underneath their belt. They they like to hit people. Did you guys see the Nick Ritchie video? No. Yeah. He's playing yeah. in like in Europe, and he like punched just straight up like punched the guy straight punch. in the face, exactly. like <laughs> sucker punch. He just started punching him, and then the guy was on the ground. He still got his gloves on. He's punching his head like into the ground. <laughs> That's so Nick Ritchie. It's such a yes, Nick Ritchie yes move. Mm-hmm. I, I so saw Montreal, that earlier today. The Canadians lost today. Yes, that's always a good thing. 
Yeah. And the brothers have two shots on goal combined. Hey! <laughs> I've got one player out of my five that have hit the mark so far. Uh, yeah, that's that's how my yeah. bets go. So, well, that's yeah. why the odds were what they were. <laughs> well, that's why it wasn't a big it wasn't a big bet. So. No, no, but the payoff shit. The payoff. <laughs> I hardly that's ever what I bet mean. on hockey. Right. A friend of mine's like, you, you make any bets tonight? I was like, I was rushing. I'm like, all right. Betting on hockey is. It beats betting on yeah. the NFL. A referee tripping. Well, I'll, I'll bet a game tomorrow because and... Pasternak, I'll bet high on Pasternak to get a bunch of shots on goal. Yeah. <laughs> he shoots the puck. Uh, if you can plus, bet on the World Juniors. That'd be cool because then you could just bet Carter Gauthier with like shot attempts. That dude, I, all he does is shoot the puck. He put I him on the power play. He just shoots. That's all he does. Dude, you could bet on ping pong. You could bet on the world juniors. <laughs> yes, you probably can. She probably can. But uh. <laughs> all that dude does is shoot the puck. They were talking about it. Like he was like, they're like, oh yeah, this guy is averaging in this tournament, like nine shots a game with other <laughs> NHL players that were playing. It's like, this guy, like, what, you're 19. Why are you averaging tw- like 10 shots a game? Yeah, I get the Bruins every time the puck comes to him. That's what he does. <laughs> that's all he does. They put him on the power play in the uh, in the game against Canada in the exhibit pre-tournament exhibition game against Canada. They put him over there, and all he did got the puck, shot it. Got the puck, <laughs> shot it. Got the puck, shot. It. That's all he did. Making red line shots. <laughs> no, he's sitting there on the power play on the right side, and he's just because he's a lefty, just sitting there. Get the puck, shoot. Get the puck, shoot. Get the puck, shoot. That's it. He didn't do anything else on the power play, but he shot the puck. He's, he's the Kyle Schwarber. Hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like when Paul. It's like when Pasta just stands there on the left side because he's righty. Just waits for someone to pass the puck so he can slap to his one timer. Or no, actually. Better comparison is Ovechkin. That's all Ovechkin does. Yes. He just stands there. He doesn't move. He just stands there waiting for a one-timer. Come on. Yep. Someone pass me the puck. Someone pass me the cup. Goal. The ultimate we're talking about, While we're talking about hockey, if you get time tonight, go look up Jonathan Quick save tonight. It was insane. I saw that. Did okay. you see it? That's save like, of the year. It's save of the year. It might yeah. be save of the decade. It was just He's having a resurgence. It was an instinct type thing with his pad, and it's just like, but he he intended to do what he did, huh. you know. There was purpose behind it, but it, yeah, it was insane. Uh, so, all right, do I have a final thought? Uh, yes. Let's see. My final thought would be the Giolito signing is in terms of like, let's say I really want to have a beer. Like, really look forward to it. I really want a beer. This would be like giving me Miller High Life Light. That's kind of how I feel about this. So, oh, oh. I, I would say it would be like Dave O'Brien narrating my life. <laughs> yeah, dude. Diamond Dave. <laughs> with, with Jack Edwards for the intro. With Jack Edwards going, oh, he whips it out. Scores! <laughs> they are polar opposites. Yeah. Yes. They'll be the most meaningless goal. The Bruins will be down by six. And um, I don't know. Uh, name a random fourth line. Like the Walderspoon would get a goal. 
meaningless yeah. goal in garbage time, he'll be like, score! <laughs> Pasternak could get a game-winning goal in game seven, and Bo Brown would be like, Pasternak scores! Right. Bruins win. Dude, any, Mark... Dude, um, someone on the Bruins just like makes like just like steals the puck from someone, and and Jack Edwards having a heart attack in the booth. <laughs> he sees Pat Maroon. Oh, look out! Fat Pat eating a pizza in the locker room. And, and you know, you know, Bricks just sitting there looking at him like, "What the fuck, dude?" <laughs> oh, he sounds like he's having about eight mini strokes a game. Jack, but it's so good. It's so good because it's so outrageous. It makes no, it like twenty it, times. Yes, it is. My, it's so good. Kids right. the game with you me might think that, have. but a lot of a lot of fans do not like Jack Edwards. For my the, my Boston kids Bruins watch fans. the game with me, and I shit you not. Every time they watch it, they look at me and go, "Dad, what's wrong with that guy?" <laughs> <laughs> they really think there's something wrong with him. Yeah. He's, you know, who I he love sounds that he's like? the most outrageous Homer too. I love it. Love it. Dude, Marsha and Slewfoot's a guy. He didn't touch him. Some guy just taps the Bruins guy. I got Slewfoot. <laughs> All right, Jeremy. Jeremy, you'll be able to remember this. Yeah. What was – who was known for New Year's Eve? Dick for Clark. years. He sounds like Dick Clark when they stroll them out after the stroke. Yes. Yes. <laughs> 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 it's like oh, no. this is this is not nice. This is like this is elder abuse. Oh. This is elder abuse. This is just, just... elder abuse. <laughs> he might have had a stroke though. We don't know. Uh, nobody, knows. Like. nobody knows. Watching him on video is just as funny because <laughs> Brickley's just standing there like he has no clue what's going on. Doesn't flinch. Doesn't move. Edwards is jumping around like a monkey at a circus. <laughs> yeah, and, oh, you guys have to go on YouTube and look up like Jack Edwards' best moments or funniest moments. I don't want to. There's like a bunch of videos. Never oh be my that gosh! No, it's oh, it's so good. It is so good. Oh, oh it's awesome. God. I, and, like, uh, I but... love that he's a homer because it's so outrageous. He's the biggest homer I think you will ever see. Jeremy, are you Ox, old enough yeah. to remember um, Johnny Most? Oh, yeah. Johnny Most, yep. The Celtics. Bird yeah. steals the ball. Yeah. Yep. No, but he was a homer. Yeah, he was. He was a homer. He, but yeah, so was this, the other Celtics announcer, uh, who Tommy Heisen. He was yeah, a, Tommy Heisen. Oh, my yep. God. He was he the was. biggest homer besides Dude, the yes. guy who used to do the uh, the White Sox announcing. Yeah, uh, Hawk Harrelson. Hawk Harrelson. Yeah. I no, mean, yeah, Tommy Hans said he would if a Knicks player would like just like stare at a Celtics player the wrong way. That's a technical. I don't know why he's doing that. <laughs> to be fair, it would be a technical nowadays. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. This is back in although, the 80s. We can punch each other. And it's like, Man. yeah, <laughs> although, although I will I will say this. We got all time all these homers, and then the Red Sox are stuck with Dave O'Brien, who actively roots for the other team half the time. Yes. <laughs> Home yeah. run, Ali Rutschman. Oh my God. The Red Sox are losing. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, fly ball, deep left field, home run, Tristan Casas. He got all, all of it. We're going to hit every sport. Miles hit Scott Zolak. 
Because he is a huge homer, <laughs> too. You ever listen to Scott Zolak on hey, 98.5? Hey. The sports oh, oh my god. god. I mean, I don't know how he gets away with some of the stuff he gets away with. Well, I think he's funny because he's a he's just a pure-hearted fan who just says what he wants to say on the on air. I, I will never think bad about Scott Zolak just simply because one of my first memories as a Patriots fan was that he won two games in a row for us in I think it was 1990. He won two games in a row for us, and it was amazing. That was the best two yeah. games. Nobody has any idea how bad the Patriots were, man. Back in the early 90s, early to mid-90s, they were yeah. atrocious. The difference is now everyone gets upset when they win. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we won a better draft pick. At Dude, first I, I was am, pissed, I'm but, totally you know. on the zappy bandwagon. If you get an offensive lineman and a, he can a play. wide receiver... The boy nope, can get play, Mac man. back in there. Nope, get Mac back in there. Oh, give mm-hmm. me a friggin' Fuck break, dude. Off. That kid's yes. confidence Mac is totally Jones. for the rest of this Mac year. Jones. Get Mac back in there for the rest you're of this year. You're just saying you're trying to piss me off right now, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I want a better draft pick. You're full of shit, bro. I want a okay. better draft pick. <laughs> oh, but realistically, if they if they, if they have fans. top three, if they have the third pick, theoretically. Would you go wait wait wait? Would you go Marvin Harrison? Would you go Marvin Harrison or Jaden no. Daniels? Marv. No, the Patriots have Maserati never done well. Marv. Marv. Oh God, Bills, Bills going to trade down. The Patriots have never Patriots done well historically with wide receiver draft picks. No, ever. No wide receiver. You want to know a wide receiver pet draft pick that the biggest wide receiver draft pick they ever drafted high? Tony Glenn. Go Irving look him up. He's awful. What Nikhil Ohio Harry? State. No, no I, I want no Terry Glenn. Terry, Terry Glenn. Glenn. Sorry, no, they have he, to make a deal. What, a the top Patriots five draft pick, Marvin Harrison Jr. and Gus Johnson has to do all the Patriots games, so we can just go Maserati Marv down the <laughs> sideline, touchdown Maserati Marv. <laughs> Holy oh shit! Oh my god! Dude, well, have you watched Ohio State? I, I miss. I miss when he did Dobbins games. He's like, JK, all day. <laughs> you got barbecue back there. You didn't invite me. Hurt my feelings. Okay. All righty. Guys, it's 930. Any final thoughts? I think. Uh, this, this is supposed to be an emergency briefing. Lucas Giolito signs with the Red Sox. Now we're talking and what about. We do? Yeah, off the rails. rails. It's a classic off the the monster. Well, it's actually the blah blah blah. This is blah blah blah. Blah 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 off the rails. Yeah, but you have the monster crew. We're famous for going off the rails. (laughs) We might as well change our podcast to off the rails. (laughs) Yes. That's too much monster rails. We gotta build webs. We gotta build. Welcome back to off the rails. (laughs) Off the the rails is probably some guy who's who's all. Like on the wagon because he stopped doing coke. <laughs> Maybe that's Taylor's old handle. <laughs> the guy. I think that's a good place to end it. Hold on, no, hold on. We need a we need a nickname for uh, whoever the Patriots draft. We gotta figure out a nickname for whoever they draft. We already got Maserati Marv. That's set. 
<laughs> You're gonna draft some punt returner out of Oklahoma. No, they're gonna, they're gonna draft <laughs> the tackle out of Notre Dame. They're drafting the tackle out of Notre Dame. Joe Alt. Joe Alt. Joe Alt. Delete. <laughs> <laughs> Joe obsolete. No, Alt. His last name is Alt. No. I think A L T. Yeah, no, Joe Alt. Yeah. I like that. Joe Alt. Delete. Yeah, I like that. Like control Alt. Oh my god. Delete. It's it's gonna be awfully hard to come up with five nicknames when you know Bill trades down and gets five other. That's drafts. your homework. That's your homework. Okay. <laughs> That's the homework. That's the homework. Okay. Dude, they're beating Buffalo this week. I don't know what you're talking about. I swear to God, if they beat Buffalo, I will go up to I will go to find Belichick's office and I'll smash his window. <laughs> okay. You heard it here, folks. I'm not. Uh, being John serious. Henry's trust fund will break. John Henry. No. He will be arrested. John Henry's trust fund will for pay for Belichick to be window. fired. <laughs> Alrighty, for Mr. Taylor, who isn't here anymore, for Lucas Kluber. Thank you, for Full Throttle Gelato, for John Henry's Trust Fund. I'm Lucas Geo Dude Lido. <laughs> Thank you for tuning into this emergency briefing of. The blah, 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 and go Red Sox. And go oh. Sox. Lucas Giolito! <laughs>